Hello Gen X, welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to have you considering that Rome is still on fire. And not even a nice controlled fire, but a full 10 alarm Oregon Antifa Molotov cocktail ar arson fire. It is out of control. We are officially one week past the general election for the presidency, and there is still not an officially declared winner of that election between President Trump and Joe Biden. Although what the press and the Biden-Harris campaign would have you believe, that they are the clear victors, and that is uh, yet to be seen. Uh, that might be true, and it's likely that that will be the case, although it's very much up in the air as to whether or not there were some shenanigans that had taken place, particularly in the in several swing states. Um, the process is just beginning. Um, it'll be interesting to see where those um, lawsuits go from here, but it's it's likely not to end well for at least a good part of the country. At least half of the country is going to be unhappy and upset. Uh, either way, 70 million plus on either side that's going to come away unhappy with this. And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere good. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll see. But again, Biden wants to declare himself the winner, as does the Washington Press Corps. Um, but there definitely are some questions that need to be answered. Um, one way or the other, um, it, it, it's in, in my view very eerily similar to 2012, although no one seems to talk about that. But uh, one thing that always sticks out in my mind from that election is how going into it, the polls in um, in all the swing states were very very close. You know, plus one or two percentage points for either way for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney, and and. Uh, yeah, and I'll be darned if, if every one of those didn't, not only did they not break for uh, President Obama, but they broke hard, 7 to 9% in, in each case. And in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and Virginia, North Carolina, and so on. Um, it, was, it was very peculiar at the time that uh, they broke so heavily to, you know, one way. And this time around, uh, it's interesting to see the same, uh, same pattern and in all the swing states in, in Arizona and Nevada and Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Georgia, um, all of those states were very, very close and in, in most of them in the, in the early going, they tended to be leaning towards uh, President Trump and then in, in the dark of night, hundreds of thousands of votes swing in one direction and, and in, in most of those uh, states um, not all of them. Joe Biden seems to be taking the lead in, in, in all of those, and, and the press has declared him the winner of those, particularly in, in Pennsylvania and, and Arizona, and Arizona particularly being called early by Fox News. Um, they, they all seem to be breaking one way, which, again, in my view, it's very, 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 very peculiar that that seems to be happening again. Um, but there are questions that certainly need to be answered, one way or the other. We um, said the the post uh, election polling, I believe, seventy percent of of Republicans do not think the outcome of 
this election was was fair, was completely fair, and, and that there are are some kind of either vote rigging or outright fraud uh, happening, which is that in itself is cause for alarm, and because in a a democratic republic such as ours, you can't have. 70% of half of the country, which again would be around 30% or a third of the country, thinking that an election is not on the up and up. That simply can't happen. That is a crisis of confidence that uh, would be crippling uh, to the country and, and would not lead anywhere constructive. But we'll see how it goes, um, but certainly some questions need to be answered. Uh, the, the, uh, the Trump camp and really Giuliani in particular are, are raising uh, lawsuits in several states. Um, I believe in certainly at least in Pennsylvania and Michigan um, with affidavits from several uh, people from postal workers to election judges um, with sworn affidavits of, of either um, either ballots that are being you know, blank ballots that are being marked or uh, ballots that are are post dated or or just simply not allowing the you know Trump election judges to observe <clears throat> certainly in, to the magnitude where you know, it, it, it calls into question um, the validity of of the, the election results now it could very well be that there are are explanations for all of these cases I'm not sure, but I'm, you'd be a fool to think that that zero percent of the cases um, are accurate, or at least that zero percent of the complaints have any validity. Um, there, there are some documented cases of dead people voting and dead people voting twice. Whether that is enough to swing the, those results back to President Trump, I don't know. Um, my gut tells me that there were, if you gathered all of the fraudulent votes or the incorrect votes at least whether whether or not they rise to the level of fraud but if you were to take all of the votes and correct them and count up the correct legitimate votes in all likelihood that probably would lead to a, a Trump victory but whether or not that can be proved is a, another question and I think that's what is, is ultimately going to be the, the, the key question for the Trump campaign to to answer, um, do they have enough? Um, do they have enough proof to show that um, that enough votes need to be changed and corrected? I don't know, um, but they that that's that's certainly the burden that they're going to have to prove. Whether or not they can prove it, I'm not sure, but but we we will see. Um, it's, it's possible that they simply don't have enough evidence to, to show that a material amount of the votes are fraudulent. Um, so we'll see wh where that goes. But um, certainly there's enough doubt that, that can be raised now to, to, to call in, into question the results that are being declared or, uh, at this point. Um, case in, one example in particular in Pennsylvania, they're referring to at least around 105,000 or so uh, votes that are mail-in votes that are, are could could be called into question. For example, I think about 51,000 uh, votes that that they have an example of were stamped as received the day after they were sent. 
but another 32,000 votes were stamped as received the same day that they were sent. And another 23,000 votes were stamped as being received before they were sent. So again, you have about 100,000. And this is just an example. This isn't total throughout the state, but just in, in one example, you have about 105,000 votes that are an impossibility. I mean, there's just there's no way through the mail that those votes could have been uh, sent and received in the way that they were stamped. Are those valid votes? I don't know. Could be. Um, it, it, it could be a clerical error, or it could be someone stamping them and in, in, uh, to try to have them uh, be counted on time. But uh, certainly, that examples like that need to be explained. And if the, they are valid votes, if they should count, then and if they are they're approved that that these stamps are are impossible, then there needs to be an explanation as to why they are valid and that's going to be on the burden for the biden campaign and and the the local election judges to validate that but um you know certainly uh you know, sitting in our seats as gen xers we have a, all the reason in the world to be skeptical uh, about those and, and to doubt the validity um of of the counts in in enough of these swing states to you know to doubt what's been declared by the media but the fact that we're sitting here one week post-election, and this is our conversation, is undoubtedly a bad thing. Um, it, it, it's something where you know, we, we used to count on our elections being valid, our elections being honest, um, but the fact that the perception is that they are not is definitely a problem. You know, we used to look at you know, the results coming from countries like Russia and and um, in Iraq and North Korea and where these you know, so-called elections would happen with 100% going to the, the dictator figurehead of, of the country. And you know, we used to scoff at that. But, and here we are in, in our country um, kind of scoffing at ourselves and, and we're in the same position you know, to not believe the results of uh, this election, but um, that's something that has to be remedied one way or the other. And, and who ultimately is the winner is going to have to work with the states to get their acts together and um, make sure, first things first, that all votes are valid and that our, our elections are honest and we can trust the results. Because the fact that we're a week after, out and we still don't have a results is embarrassing. And it's embarrassing for the states that are still counting. Um, and it's just, just something that simply can happen. Um, and as evidence, you know, my, my kids are kind of at that age now where they are paying attention and, and they find it interesting or, or at least want to know uh, what's happening in, in these elections. And my daughter, who's nine years old, and they would would want updates as to what's going on, and she said something that I thought was uh, was pretty wise. And her question to me was, "How can a state the size of Texas count their ballots already, but Nevada can't?" I don't know. Good question. You know, how, why did it take Alaska over a week to report their election results, where states the size of Texas and Florida and California, New York, they had theirs in by the end of the day, but 
Pennsylvania and Georgia and North Carolina are, are taking well over a week. That is embarrassing. Those governors, those secretaries of state in those states should be embarrassed. And the fact that there is probable or likely um, error within their vote tallies is an embarrassment, not, to our, not just to our country, but to those states and districts. And it's, it's honestly just can't happen, but it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that you see these types of results, these types of swings um, grossly favoring one candidate, particularly with a D behind their name, um, in Philadelphia, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, Chicago, Atlanta, and the Phoenix area, and Las Vegas. It's curious in all these big cities with Democrat mayors that they are the ones that have the problems. I can't think for one second that that is a coincidence, and they will have a heck of a time trying to prove to me that they are honest. I would never trust a Democrat. I would never trust a leftist as to being honest. That is simply not their strong suit. And me being a Gen Xer, me being skeptical, me being cynical, particularly with anyone in a, in a position of governmental power, they simply cannot convince me that they are honest. And the fact that a nine-year-old can point that out is an embarrassment to them. And it's something that they, regardless of the results, and regardless of what is ultimately decided and declared either by those election judges and certified by the states or litigated, possibly up to the Supreme Court, those questions need to be answered. Probably starting with the fact that we need some kind of voter ID laws. And I, for reasons I don't understand, that has been controversial. Um, it, it's very easy for me to wrap my mind that the reason it's controversial is because the Democrats want the wiggle room to create fraud or to guide things in one direction. But the fact that we don't have voter ID laws is something I can't comprehend. Go to any other country that has some form of democratic elections and, and find out for me if they have voter ID laws. Tell me if you are in, in England, if you have to present an ID when you vote. What about in Germany? What about in Australia? What about in Japan? What about in Canada? Of in every one of those countries, you need to prove who you are with an ID, with your signature, that you are who you are and your vote is valid. And the fact that we don't have that is an embarrassment. We need voter ID laws. We need to knock off this nonsensical mail-in ballot system that the Democrats ramrodded through with all the possibilities for fraud with all the problems that come with the Postal Service anyway. And they attack those who raise the question, who have any kind of a skeptical look on it. It, it, it just is, is a tell that we know what they're doing. We know what they want to accomplish. Of course they want to cheat. But we need some kind of uniform system and mail-in ballots where you're just blanketing the the electorate with with the ballots not not absentee ballots because you have to request an absentee ballot but you just send out a ballot to everybody 
it's never going to be accurate. You have people who move, you have people who pass away. It's it is those voter rolls are a snapshot in time. They are never 100% accurate. Why in the world would you send something out to everybody? It simply doesn't make sense. We need to do away with that nonsense. We need to make sure that absentee ballots are correct. We need to make sure that citizens are the ones who are voting. We need to make sure that people who are of age are voting and doing it in person and proving you are who you are. We need something to give the American people a surety that these elections are valid because regardless of what happens, whether Joe Biden is certified as the winner or whether this is litigated and it is ultimately de declared for President Trump, Half of the country, 70 million plus, is going to consider this election invalid. That's a problem. We need to have faith in our government. We need to have faith that they are there for a reason, and that's honest. Even if it's not who you want, you, we can't have half of the country thinking that those elections were invalid. We can't have a third of the country thinking that there's some kind of fraud, that something needs to change. And it, what we have now is simply not going to sustain itself. But we'll see. Uh, I, I, I will be happy when I don't have to talk about the election anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted. I want life to get some semblance of, of normality um, because this is I, I'm just I'm just tired of it. But the fallout from it is uh, predictable. It's also concerning. Um, you see the Democrat elite and the in the press spiking the ball and wanting to rub their opponents noses in it and it's really really strange it's really weird in light of the tantrum that they threw in 2016 and even 2000 um, but probably most disturbing of all of this um, is the talk of n needing truth and commission truth and reconciliation commissions um, that frankly is cancel culture on steroids and it's not just fringe it's not just some rando on twitter who's calling for this you have people in the press you have elected officials um, calling for some sort of truth and reconciliation commission now what are truth and reconciliation commissions because it's not something that we do here in the united states that's something that is you see in despotic governments where where you have a, a tyrant dictator who's slaughtering people and they are overthrown in, in some kind of revolution or a coup and you have a truth and commission and reconciliation commission to find the the people who are responsible for those atrocities and hold them accountable but here you have the likes of chris hayes of robert reich keith olbermann jake tapper AOC, you have them calling for truth and reconciliation commissions to follow up on the Trump administration. And it's not just Trump officials. They are calling out voters for Donald Trump, either in 2016 or this election. And they want to uh, call these people out by name and, and the words of Keith Olbermann, expunge them from society allow them not to participate in quote-unquote civil society they want to make it impossible to work they want to make it impossible to have any kind of a living in our cut our country that is chilling 
Now, it could be that you might be inclined to say it's just hyperbole. I'm inclined to believe them. I'm, if they are saying that that's what they want to do, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and believe that, that that's what they want to do. They want to have their political opponents either be thrown in jail or lose their livelihoods. It's bizarre. And it's, it's, where, it's where, we, where we're headed. And it's, it's this weird pattern that we've seen whenever there's some kind of change in power in, on the presidential level that we have these wild swings from one end to the other. You think how different the tone is from even from the 90s when, when Bill Clinton was, was elected. And, you know, he at the time was considered very far to the left, and he, and he absolutely is, but he is in the sense that he is a big government bureaucratic Democrat. He would, would he believed in government control um, or a big government, but not in the way that the Obama administration did, certainly not in the way that those who have hitched their wagons to Joe Biden believe. It's something, uh, it's a completely different animal. Call it socialist, call it totalitarian, call it whatever you want, but it's something that certainly is oppressive and it's, it's terrifying. Um, uh, and, and again, it's not it's not just some random person on 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 Twitter. I mean, it's you know, the Nation magazine, the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, you, know, you know, news publications are calling calling for this. Um, all the while, you have Joe Biden calling for unity, saying it's a time to heal. We're talking about the guy who has repeatedly referred to President Trump as a Nazi. He did it in a debate. Um, he, he, but now he has the audacity and the gall to call for call for unity. You know, I I am definitely willing, being the big person that I am, to offer up a Biden Harris administration the same level of respect and the same level of reverence as his opponents did for. President Trump, for all those anti-Trump Republicans and all of the anti-Trump Democrats, I will give the same amount of respect to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that all of that they gave to President Trump and Mike Pence. So I think that's only fair. I think that's only right. Um, we will see how this goes, but it doesn't seem to be any close resolution to it. We will keep our eye on it, um, but it's it's definitely not going in a a constructive direction. We will see, but there are there is some optimism out there, um, at least on the vaccine front. Uh, Pfizer has received approval. Um, for their, or at least the early stages of approval for their vaccine for the coronavirus. Um, and with that is about 90% effective. Not that I plan on taking it, but hopefully that will put people at ease and we can get things back in order and get people back to work and open up our society again. That's a good sign. Although, I'm, I'm trying to remember... Uh, I think there was something said, and I'm trying to remember who said it, but in the final debate, 
I think someone was trying to assert that there was a vaccine on the horizon that should be approved by the end of the year. And, and I, I also think that the other candidate in that, in that debate said that there was no way that was going to happen, that they were giving the American people false hope. And the moderator even pushed back on on that candidate saying are, are, are you are you sure can you promise that there's going to be I'm trying to remember who that was I, I, I think it was Donald Trump Donald Trump yes it was it was it was Donald Trump at the last debate said that we would he was confident we would have a, a vaccine by the end of the year and Joe Biden said that there can be another 200,000 corona deaths by the end of the year you know it's almost as though Donald Trump, being the president of the United States, knew something that we didn't. Imagine that. It's something I think that his administration and deserves a lot of credit for. Uh, the partnership that they had, did in the public sector with the private sector and Pfizer and other companies to quickly develop and test and get approved a vaccine in that amount of time is breathtaking if you have any experience or familiarity with how long it takes and all the red tape you have to pass through to get any kind of medication or vaccine approved to the fda the fact that they did that in mere months is something that needs to be applauded and the fact that they want to offer that up to all americans free of charge so we can get things back and going is exactly what we need. But, you know, curiously, that official announcement needed to wait until after the election took place. Hmm. It's very curious, but here we are. Um, but the good news is that that's very promising. Um, under Operation Warp Speed, that that thing came together. We'll see how that proceeds in the coming weeks and what the plan is to uh, make that available. And you know, hopefully by the end of the year, throughout, through the spring, that that can, can make its way through, uh, through uh, the population and, and get things back to order. Except uh, Ezekiel Emanuel, who is said to be Joe Biden's coronavirus advisor, um, now, if you're not familiar with Ezekiel Emanuel, he is the the architect within Obamacare who has written a book and published his his view that nobody should live past 75. Um, he is proposing that the vaccine be given to the rest of the world first before it's given to the United States. <sighs> Uh, boy, where are we going with that? I don't know. But, I mean, this is the guy who thinks that, aside from having government-run health care, um, that, that health care should be rationed where no one under the age of 10 would receive anything, and then it would kind of go up between 10 and 20, and between the ages of 20 and 40, 40 uh, you would get all the health care you needed, and then would start to taper off from 40 to 50, and then between 60 and 70, and then to once you get into your 70s, none would be available. So that's who we're dealing with. That's that's the level of human being that uh, we are likely to have to deal with uh, in the coming weeks and months and in, in next presidency term. Um, 
who knows but that that's that, that that could stand in the way of 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 this this or any other vaccine having any real impact um in in the lives of of most of us as americans but uh but we will see but it, it's been truly remarkable uh Remarkable few weeks and months aside from the coronavirus and just, you know, the level of vitriol that's going around um, the destruction and the rioting. It's it's uh, it's not a good look. It's it's certainly not not the kind of America that we Gen Xers grew up with and wanted to have for us and for our children as we entered adulthood and start to look forward to retirement and you know, this is not what what we had on the docket but it's, it's it's certainly what we have to deal with thank you baby boomers thank you millennials and even some gen zers uh this is where we are um but you know us uh, being gen xers we will will take these challenges head on and we will somehow come out better on the other side but we shall see until then Hope you have a, a, a good week and stay cool, Gen X.